Welcome back to another episode of TKW at the Buzzer, where we bring you the recap from the last Knicks game. Unfortunately, we are bringing you yet another recap of a Knicks loss. They played the Charlotte Hornets tonight in Charlotte, and they lost 96 to 104. It was a fairly similar effort to their last game, unfortunately, and we are here to bring you the recap. My name is Candice Pedraza, and I'm here with Dean Joanyu. And Dean, what are your thoughts just on the first half, at least, of this contest? So the Knicks starters got off to a better start than usual. Kemba Walker erupted back in Charlotte, uh, where he was returning. Not his first time playing in Charlotte since he left there, but uh, he seemed extra motivated tonight. Had 17 points in his first stint in the first quarter. And the starters played better in general. I thought Fournier looked better than usual to start the game. He had five points, four rebounds. I think he had an assist and a steal in that first quarter. Um, and they looked a little more energized despite Randall not scoring in that first quarter. Um, but, you know, so they took a lead into the second quarter. The bench, as they usually do, uh, extended the lead. It got up to about a 16-point lead. And then to end the second, you know, not a disaster. They didn't blow the lead completely. But the starting lineup wasn't moving the ball the same way in the second quarter that they did in the first. The Hornets started to gain a little bit of momentum, and uh, the Knicks only took a nine-point lead into halftime. The rest was history. The start of the third quarter was a disaster. Uh, what stood out to you? I really like the ball movement that was going on in the first half. I think that was attributing to a lot of their success. Um, and they outscored Charlotte in that first quarter, 34 to 18. Like you said, pretty much off of Kemba Walker's explosive game in the first quarter. We kind of had a sense that he was going to go off, especially since they were playing his former team. And he did not disappoint to start. Um, after the first quarter, the Knicks got outscored by Charlotte every single quarter. Um, and I think ball movement, as I said, became so stagnant. Um, in a lot of situations, you end up seeing Randall get one pass off of Kemba, off of Fournier, off of whoever is just getting the inbound off a Charlotte maker, what have you. And that's it. Randall catches the ball. There's no other movement going on between the players or the ball. And he's just expected to do one of his tough fadeaway shots every time. Now, that's not going to happen as consistently as it did last year. Clearly, um, that shot is not looking as consistent so far in this first portion of the season, and it definitely did not look great in the first half. Uh, Kemba was honestly, I think, their biggest shining spot offensively. Obviously, he finished with 26 points. Uh, he had three rebounds, three assists, and two steals. I think he had a pretty solid game, but it's always one player that really shines for the Knicks, I feel like, but it's just never enough. But the bench, as per usual, really tried to get us back into it in the second half. Uh, and, I mean, what do you think really went wrong in that second half, for the starters especially? 
same story as a lot of games so far this year, stagnant on offense, a lot of Randall isolation, taking some really tough shots. Uh, there was one in particular where, you know, the play devolved into an isolation for Randall, I think against Bridges, tried to get into the paint. He lost the ball. The ball was rolling on the ground, picked it up with still six, seven seconds left on the shot clock, immediately took a turnaround fadeaway, and I think he airballed it. Um, I think that was um, symptomatic of the whole game. Um, for the bench, again, same story. They come in, they play with a lot more poise, a lot more tempo. Alec Burks had one of his best games of the year, 15 points, nine rebounds, three assists, two steals. He had a block. He was plus four. Um, quickly, just making huge shots, massive threes, huge for the Knicks' momentum. Obi Toppin, he was only three of nine, but he played with so much energy. I mean, eight rebounds in 15 minutes. He had a block, you know, sort of seven points, eight rebounds, an assist, a block. And Derek Rose, we already mentioned, but just so solid out there. I think that he sustained some kind of injury toward the end of the game. That's why he checked out for Kemba in the fourth quarter. Um, I'm not sure exactly what that was, and I'll have to find out. But... Um, some darker spots for the Knicks. RJ Barrett, one for nine, 26 minutes, two points, four rebounds, with a minus 17. And uh, Julius Randle was four of 15 from the field. Um, we'll get into exactly what went wrong at the end of the game there. But um, what are your thoughts on uh, what went down in the second half? It just looked like as soon as the third quarter starter started, you could sort of tell that the starters were going to give it up. And that's like a horrible feeling to have because it should be the complete opposite where once the starters come in, you know, things are going to be a little bit more intense, uh, a little bit more solid defensively and have a little bit more offensive flow. But as we've seen, the starters just have not gelled yet. I don't know what it's going to take. And I feel like I sound like a broken record at this point, but I just, I hope they get it together soon. They got themselves into that hole in the third quarter and Tibbs, I don't think, subbed out anybody until around maybe the seven-minute mark left in the third or even less, um, which I thought was just so perplexing. I mean, if your starters don't have it or if just any player doesn't have it and you know that you have a bench with the potency that they have right now, why wouldn't you sub starters out sooner, especially when they looked like they had zero energy they looked tired at some point during the third quarter for absolutely no reason because there wasn't really much output from them on either end of the floor. Uh, that was just really baffling to me. And the second half got really exciting again once the bench came in. Um, I thought that Alec Burks played a great game. I love that he was attacking the rim a little bit more. He's a great finisher, and I hope that he continues to go to that shot more often when his jumper isn't going. Uh, Derek Rose, as per usual, was fantastic. I think he did tweak his knee on a play, or not his knee, excuse me, his ankle. So I think that's why he had come out, but it didn't look too serious. He came off the floor um, under his own pressure, so that's good. But... Yeah, I mean, the entire bench was just the bright spot of this game. They got them up one. They take Toppin out after an explosive windmill dunk, which makes no sense to me again. And as soon as the starters came back in, they just gave up shot after shot. They kept giving up N1s to the Hornets, who seemed to click after the second half. They had more ball movement. They had more 
defensive intensity and they're not a defensive minded team at all. And it was just really sad. It was a really sad showing tonight. And I mean, I hope that this doesn't carry into their next game as it did for this one from their last against Milwaukee, but I don't know what really has to give at this point or what is going to give for Tibbs to finally mix and match his players. Yeah, so uh, in that fourth quarter, again, the Knicks made a comeback behind transition basketball. Derek Rose, Obi, Alec Burks was making threes. Manuel quickly was making threes. And Randall checks in for Obi with, I want to say, about three and a half minutes left in the game. Um, I thought that was a head-scratching decision. I thought it'd make more sense if you're going to reinsert Randall to you know, reinsert Randall for Taj Gibson and let Obi and Randall play together. You know, if you want to try to incorporate Randall into a group that's playing well, there's just no reason to take Obi out of the game, in my opinion. Um, I think a lot of people share that opinion. And you would think with how well the bench was playing, the energy they were playing with, for Julius Randall to be subbed in for Obi Toppin, you would think that he would understand the pressure is on me to go all out right now and prove that I belong in this closing lineup after my group in the third quarter blew the lead and even, you know, grew a deficit for ourselves. And the one play that stands out to me the most is when I think the Hornets kind of put the Knicks out of their misery. Uh, there was a pick and roll. Julius Randle dropped back in the pick and roll. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, sorry, it was a pick and pop. And Julius Randle drops back. Bridges catches the ball at the top of the key. He starts his drive. And Julius Randle was just completely flat-footed in the paint. He makes a late contest. He fouls Bridges. Bridges makes the layup. And it's an and one. And I put the Knicks behind seven, eight points, something like that. Not a lot of time left, and that was it. Um, I saw a stat from Stat Muse after the game that the Knicks starters, the defensive rating is like on pace to be the worst defense of all time, something like that. Um, Tom Thibodeau, you know, he made his name in this league as a defensive coach. I'm not saying that he's okay with the way they're playing defense, but if he's not, I don't see what evidence we have of that. He's really leans on that starting lineup no matter how they do. It's almost like they can do no wrong except for, you know, the last couple of games down the stretch, he's pulled them um, and, give, and given the, the bench a little more rope to play with. But it's just not fun watching this starting lineup play. And, you know, last time on the pod, we were very hopeful that they would figure something out. Kemba Walker figured something out for his personal offense. But as a group still, um, the offense is stagnant. And the offense isn't really what's the problem. The defense is horrible. The communication on defense is bad. The effort on defense is bad. Uh, the Knicks are just getting torched with the starters out there. And I don't think that that unit gives the Knicks a very good chance to win, especially at the end of games. Um, I mean, is there any other way to look at it? Um, do you have any optimism for this starting group going forward? I can only see improvement coming out of that starting lineup if they start to just move more. I mean, they look like they're stuck <laughs> when they're standing around and just waiting for Randall to do something. And the whole point of letting Reggie Bullock go, letting Alfred Payton go, signing Fournier, signing Kemba Walker, all of these different moves that they, the Knicks were making in free agency were for the sole purpose, or at least one of the purposes was to get Randall more help more offensive help, which would hopefully translate into better defense, 
than they were last year, which I mean, last year their defense was impeccable. It was the offense that really needed the assistance. And this year I haven't seen it. I mean, I could talk all day about how disappointed I am in the whole Evan Fournier signing at this point in time. He doesn't really contribute much, in my opinion. He gave a lot in, I think, maybe the first two or three games of the season, especially the Boston game. Other than that, though, he pretty much just runs up and down the court. He gives up a lot of shots to who he is matched up with during games. He is not a good defender at this point in time. He's kind of just there. He doesn't really try to pass it out either. He's not very good at passing, especially just around. He's not, it's just, it's bad. It's bad for me to see Evan Fournier on the court right now. Um, I, like you said, I really like the fact that Kemba, Warren, uh, Kemba Walker figured it out tonight. He looked a lot more aggressive. Um, I hope that that continues because they could definitely need someone being a little bit more consistent on the offensive end. But the defense being that bad is just so interesting just because I don't really see how it could have gotten so bad from how good it was last year. I understand a small drop off, but to be on pace to be the worst defense of all time in the NBA is pretty ridiculous. Um, They just have to stop planting their feet. They have to stop jumping all the time. They... uh, I just, I, I could keep going, but I don't want to start ranting about this terrible defense <laughs> and all the issues that the starters have. I will say that Charlotte honestly didn't even shoot that well. They weren't doing anything that special tonight. It's just the fact that the Knicks were beating themselves in essence. Yeah, I was going to you know, say make the same exact point. The Knicks beat themselves. I didn't think Charlotte played a special game. This was a rare game for the Knicks where they were giving up open threes and they weren't going in for the other team. You know, the Knicks were getting lucky breaks tonight, but we have Julius, RJ, and Evan Fournier combined for seven of 30 from the field I'm seeing. Is that correct? Um, And it's not even that surprising, sadly. Um, You know, I hate to be this negative, but I wouldn't have thought after last year with the changes they made in free agency that we would once again see a scenario where the starting lineup is a bit of a weakness and the bench gets us back in games. Um, The difference last year I felt like was the starting lineup kind of kept us close. The bench would come in and take the lead and then they would kind of mix and match that closing lineup. You know, Alfred Payton wouldn't often close. Um, Sometimes Alec Burks would close over Reggie Bullock. Uh, This time around, it's the starters are really bad together so far. And 13 games isn't a huge sample, but like what you're seeing, it, it adds up, you know, it's a small sample, but when you see the plus minus at the end of the game, it's never surprising. You know, they, they look how they look out there. Um, I thought Mitch was good for the starters. Um, I thought he kept a lot of balls alive. He was a best uh, plus minus in that starting lineup with a, a minus nine. What he do? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Best uh, best plus minus for the Knicks tonight was Derrick Rose plus 15 in 17 minutes. And, you know, that's tough. Like, you, we're winning by a margin of 15 with Derrick Rose on the court and, and losing basketball games. Um, kind of boggles the mind. I just don't really know what else to say about this team. Um, do you actually know who we've got next? What's our next matchup? 
Uh, we'll check that right now. But I really liked Mitch's game, like you said. I had actually tweeted out during the game that I'm tired of saying that Mitch was our best starter again. <laughs> I mean, he. I love Mitch. I think that he shows small improvements every few games. And it shows that he's actually putting in the work and trying to improve. But at the same time, I, I would love to see a little bit more output, especially from Evan Fournier, who I just feel like he's had a couple of games to improve upon whatever it is that is going on with him. And he just hasn't. But here we are. Um, I thought Taj played a not so good game at all. And that was actually one of the players that I was really hoping that uh Thibodeau would try to maybe slide Toppin into his role and try to slide Toppin into the five for a little bit with Randall. But as we know, that doesn't really happen. <laughs> so it is what it is. But it looks like the Knicks' next game is actually against the Pacers and they're at home, which normally would be a good thing. But as we know, the Knicks actually have a pretty bad home record. I believe it's like two or two and four something along those lines. They just really have not shown up at Madison Square Garden this year. The Pacers, however, are not doing too hot to start. However, they have gotten a lot of key starters back. And so you never know. I mean, teams that haven't been so good suddenly found their spark against us already a few times this year. So uh, are there any matchups from the Pacers game that you're looking forward to? Well, of course, Miles Turner after the seven threes that he made last time around. Um, not sure if Brogdon's going to play in that game. He's been in and out of the lineup for the Pacers, but he tends to, to give the Knicks a really hard time when he's out there. And the Knicks uh, backcourt or, you know, the whole starting lineup defensively is not in too much of a rhythm. Um, but with every awful performance that adds up, you know, it feels like it increases the chances for the Knicks to turn things around for, um, for the embarrassment to just pile up. And then we see a really energized bounce back performance that sparks something that can sustain, you know, Tibbs is uh, supposed to be a hard nosed coach. You have to think that he's been pretty hard on them um, at practice and post game at shoot around. I'm just really banking on that because I don't think I see Tibbs uh, switching up the lineups last year. We got to, there was a 72 game season and we didn't see a change with you know, Alfred Payton starting at point guard until game 75, you know, the third game of the playoffs. I think that uh, in Tibbs' mind, this is the formula for winning, and he's going to keep it in place until it starts to work. I don't think he wants to start from scratch with something else. We know that he's uh, pretty rigid with his rotations. So I'm looking out for Miles Turner, always looking out for Sabonis. You know, last year, that was a matchup Randall took really personally. They were both on the bubble of being all-stars. Uh, they ended up both making it. I think Sabonis was an injury replacement. But um, I hope Randall gets the better of that matchup. I hope that we see a lot more energy for the starters, and I hope that we get a win. Or otherwise, the Knicks will fall to 500. Yeah, um, I actually just checked, and uh, I forgot that that game, the recent game the Pacers had, was the uh, Utah Jazz game where they ended up winning against Utah 111-100, which is a pretty pretty big win for them. Uh, they are 5-8 and eight on the season, but like I said, they had a lot of injuries to start and they just started to get some key players back. Uh, and, I mean, it looks like Malcolm Brogdon really went off. He had 30 points against Utah. He was 2 for 7 from deep, 10 for 23 field goals. 
So I would probably look out for him in addition to Miles Turner. And I'm curious to see what adjustments uh, Tibbs makes to try to contain Turner. As we know, Mitch is not really the best perimeter defender yet, uh, which is fine because he is definitely a menace down low, but Miles Turner will obviously take advantage of that and <laughs> that knowledge. So hopefully Nerland Snowell is back. Uh, I think it would be great to see Toppin even step up and try to defend Miles Turner on the perimeter. I think he has that skill set, but we will not see that at all. I'm sure of it. <laughs> so uh, I'm just interested to see if he ends up breaking his three point record against us again. Hopefully not, but we'll see what happens. But I think him and Brogdon are definitely the ones to watch for this next game. Yeah, I definitely agree. Um, and definitely trying to forget about what happened tonight. Although uh, we don't want it to get lost in the shuffle here that that run from the bench, once again, was so much fun. Like um, I haven't had the most positive tone on the podcast tonight, but the difference between that third quarter and that fourth quarter is just a fan viewing experience. Just unbelievable. I mean, Emmanuel quickly, Obi Toppin, Derek Rose, Alec Burks, those guys absolutely brought it once again, and it was a lot of fun. So all we can hope is that the starters can try to get on that level, try to match that same level of energy, and just not leave anything on the table. Um, hopefully, we get a win next time out. And uh, I don't know, I don't know what more there is to say about it. Agreed. Definitely, just hoping for a win. Hoping they don't fall to five hundred. Um, but I think we'll see hopefully some adjustments, at least in the starters play, if not in Sibs' lineups. But thank you guys so much for listening. This was another edition of TKW at the buzzer. We'll catch you again on Monday night when the Knicks take on the Indiana Pacers.